Welcome to The Verb with Heather Hallman, where each week she explores a different life-changing verb in the Bible to connect you with Jesus and a new way to live each day. With your host, Dr. Heather Hallman. Welcome back to The Verb with Heather Holloman. Last week, we looked at seated with Christ and how when you're seated with Jesus, you don't need to worry about your appearance anymore because you're so busy adoring the King and those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. This week, I'm going to be talking about my new um, favorite aspect of living like a seated person, and that is that seated people don't worry about affluence. That was one of those three A's. We talked about how when you don't have a seat at the table, you fight to belong with the three A's, which are achievement, affluence, and appearance. Um, We looked at appearance, but this week we're looking at that word affluence. And the verb I want you to think about is this. Seated people don't worry about affluence because they know they have access to all the riches of God's kingdom. Now, before I knew I was seated in the heavenly realms with Jesus, I was obsessed with wealth. Um, The goal of my life was to make money. And I was on my way. I um, was really excited about my life of wealth and fame. Uh, God called me instead to be a missionary living on support, working um, with crew. And really quickly, I found myself depressed and, you know, really despairing, like, oh, my Lord, what am I going to do if I don't have money, if I'm not seated at the table of the wealthy? And when I read that I was seated with Christ at the greatest table with the greatest king, God led me to some powerful passages of scripture that once and for all set me free from that pursuit of wealth. The first was just Philippians 4.19, where Paul says, my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I really began to take this seriously. And then I was looking at 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Very similar. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And yes, in the Greek, it says all things, all times, all that you need. And I just began to trust God for that. If I'm seated with you, Jesus, and I have access to all the riches of the kingdom, what would it look like to live as a seated person and not worry anymore about wealth? Now, as a parent at the time, I was trying to teach my children, um, we really can go to God with all of our needs. And I was reading to them Psalm 5, where it's, it's so beautiful. If you want to write this down in your prayer journal, it just says this, In the morning, O Lord, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. Can you imagine, in the morning, O Lord, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation? Now, at the time, I was teaching my girls, we go to Jesus for everything. He doesn't, you, you can tell him anything. Write down all the needs that you have, and he will richly provide for you. Well, my daughter, she said, well, that's easy. I would really like a we. Which, you guys remember when the Wii came out, everyone wanted the Wii, they were doing Just Dance, Mario Kart. Now, I I remember saying to Sarah, you know, your father and I, I'm really sorry, we cannot afford a Wii. This is not going to happen for you. And Sarah said, well... I'm going to go talk to my heavenly father about this. And she we she put it in the prayer journal. Like, this is what I want. And I was trying to tell them that it doesn't work that way. You know, God provides things um, that we need. 
you know, and of course the counter is this idea that God richly provides all things uh, for your enjoyment. That verse in First Timothy, you know, there is an argument to be made that it's not wrong to ask God for things that would delight you, that you would enjoy. But at the time I said, Sarah, that's not how it works. And she was like, well, I'm just going to ask God. Now, wouldn't you know that at the time I had um, nominated a dear friend of mine in our town. She had lost 100 pounds in Weight Watchers with me. And there was this makeover contest in our town for someone who had lost a lot of weight. I nominated my friend. She won. And wouldn't you know that part of the prize package was a Wii and a Wii Fit, but her family already had one. So she walks up, you know, walks down the street to my house, comes up to my door, knocks on the door. Sarah's there. She answers it. A woman is standing there with a Wii. And Sarah was like, oh, my Wii has arrived. Thank you, Lord. And I was, I just was that moment, you know, in the morning, oh, Lord, I lay my request before you and I wait in expectation. It was a silly kind of moment. But over the years, I've really written things down in the prayer journal and thought, God, I can trust you to richly provide all things for my enjoyment. And I love even Psalm 35, the Lord delights in the well-being of his servant. I love Psalm 103, God satisfies our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm going to give you a couple of my favorite quotes from Heroes of the Faith. Elizabeth Elliot, as you know, was a missionary who um, her husband was murdered by the very tribe that she went to um, minister to. She says this, God never withholds from his child that which his love and wisdom call good. God's refusals are always merciful. Severe mercies at times, but mercies all the same. God never denies us our heart's desire except to give us something better. And that was just something that really ministered to me as I was thinking, you know, God, I have a lot of things that it seems like you're not providing for me. And over the years, I thought, you know, God always provides us with his presence, his peace. We have everything we need to accomplish his will in our lives. And it's really beautiful. The other quote I keep in my purse is from um, the good theologian A.W. Tozer. He says this, God is so vastly wonderful, so utterly and completely delightful that he can, without anything other than himself, meet and overflow the total demands of your nature, no matter how deep and mysterious that nature is. Just think about this. God is so vastly wonderful that he can, without anything other than himself, meet and overflow the total demands of your nature. Now, I'm going to end with something that was just really powerful in my life. And that is, as I was learning about my journey of being seated with Christ, I was really still jealous of all the women in my neighborhood that had a ton of wealth. They were going on tropical vacations. I was a woman crying in the church bathroom. True story, because a woman had told me about her upcoming spring break tropical vacation with her popular and well-dressed children while I was standing with my thrift store wardrobe thinking about how we could never afford to go on that kind of vacation. Yes, I cried in the church bathroom. Well, as I learned about my journey to be seated with Christ, God provided a really cool moment. I found a, a quote inside a random novel And the quote was this. It was by the Museum Guide for the Hayden Planetarium. If you know a planetarium in New York City, the Hayden Planetarium. And the quote said this. All seats provide equal viewing of the universe. Now, I burst into tears because I was like, that is a beautiful image that all seats provide equal viewing of the universe. I emailed the media director at the Hayden Planetarium to learn about this quote. And she says, yes, the planetarium 
auditorium is designed so that no matter where you sit, you won't miss any part of the show. And I just started crying. And I was like, no matter where I sit, I won't miss anything. I, where, wherever I am, I have equal access to everything God wants to provide for me. Now, as I talked to the media director, it's true. When the children come into the planetarium, they are all fighting for the best seat in an arena where there are no best seats. So the museum guide has to say, children, all seats provide equal viewing of the universe. No matter where you sit, you won't miss any part of the show. So I went back out with those same wealthy women who were talking about their chartered boats and their beautiful vacations. And I was out to dinner with um, some of those women. And instead of being jealous, for the first time in my life, I was like, you know what? No matter where I sit, I don't miss any part of the show. And I am, my seat involves baking and walking in the Pennsylvania woods. Their seat involves going on a tropical, tropical vacation. And both of us have equal access to all the riches of God's kingdom. And for the first time in my life, I celebrated with other women because that was their seat in the heavenly realms and my seat was no less than theirs. So I didn't have jealousy. I didn't have comparison. And after all these years of walking with Jesus, knowing my seat in the heavenly realms, he has never failed to provide for me. Thank you for listening. Join me next week where we'll talk about another aspect of being seated with Christ. And that is that seated people don't worry about achievement anymore because they abide. You are going to love it. So be sure to tune in. And the verb to remember for this week is that we're seated and we access.